back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. More of your phone calls later this hour. And really for the rest of today's show, fewer guests on Friday. So we are very careful with our selections. Our next guest is joining us to talk about the NFL and your Carolina Panthers. He was Cam Newton's original left tackle. Now, Darren Vaughn, I don't know if you chose the song Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen to suggest that, you know, Jordan Gross's best days are behind him. He's washed up. We're going to talk about the glory days. No, he's in the broadcast booth now, man. He's launching a new career, even as he is an outstanding farmer. He was a pro bowler and an all-pro while wearing the Panthers uniform. He'll be there with Mick and Jim Zoki and Caroline Can in Arizona on Sunday. Jordan, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I would argue that my best years are still ahead of me. Yeah, that's you know, what, what I wanted to hear. <laughs> get up for in the morning, you know what I mean? But the, the glory days of my football playing are definitely behind me, and I'm happy that they were there, and I'm not a part of those anymore because, man, my body feels a lot better. Amen. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. All right, are there are there such things as butterflies as you are making your – broadcasting game day debut with the Panthers radio network. You don't strike me as a guy who had too many nerves, even with your first NFL playing game, much less your first NFL broadcasting game. Well, I don't have any butterflies right now, and I don't want that to sound like I'm overly confident because I'm definitely not. (laughs) However, um, I, my rookie year, you know, back in 03, we went to the Super Bowl and we won all these overtime games. And I remember not being that nervous as a rookie. And I think it's because I didn't really understand what was at stake and the magnitude hmm. of the platform that I was in. And maybe that's it right now, you know, I'm just green at this and um, think that uh, it's just me talking to my friends, making jokes. But uh, whatever the case may be, I, I'm fortunate that I was a part of this broadcast team as a sideline guy for two years. I'm following my career, so I know all the the people involved. I'm excited to get to work with Caroline, too. I think she's doing a great job there, um, doing all the web content she does and the sideline job. So familiar faces, definitely. And overall, just looking forward to being a part of the Panthers organization again in this capacity because it's a great opportunity and it's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of that intensity that you gradually figured out in your NFL career, we saw some of that from Ron Rivera yesterday. Uh, He's feeling the pressure, of course, at 0-2. And he said he didn't have any new information on Cam. And he's about as professional a coach as I've ever dealt with. And he just walked out in the middle of the press conference. How do you describe from the outside just what's going on inside the Panthers organization right now? Because nobody expected them to lose to the Buccaneers. And now here they are, one of 10 winless teams in the NFL, going against uh, the winless Cardinals on Sunday. Well, first of all, you can't ever really know what's going on inside there unless you're inside there. So everything I'm about to say is purely based on my opinion and speculation. Um, I think that uh, the Panthers uh, have got a lot going on right now with them being 0-2. 0-2 is not something that you can't come back from. 0-3 is dang near close to that. And then to be going into that with your quarterback up in the air, I got to feel like they know if he's starting or not, and it's probably that he's not. You know, they haven't announced it yet. But And that's the position that, I mean, it's obviously the worst to not know if if it's a starting left tackle or a corner or a linebacker or whatever, it's, it's a big deal, but you can move on. But the whole game plan, it's almost like they'd have to have a, we're game plan they, as in the coaching staff, we're going to game plan Allen on this piece of paper. And we're going to game plan for Cam Newton on this piece of paper. And, and 
by Wednesday, or you need to know Thursday which game plan you're going with because they're drastically different quarterbacks, you know. So that's wearing on Coach Rivera. He doesn't know, um, you know, what the status is, and people want him to give answers. There might not be answers there. That's, that's the thing you see with Ron Rivera over the years. He's a very honest person up there in those press conferences, yeah. and he doesn't seem to hide things. And I would guess that it's still up in the air. If, if Cam Newton's proven anything over the years, is that he's one heck of a tough guy, and Cam's not going to be okay with not playing. Um, but you know, I, for what it's worth, I'm preparing to get to call this game, and I'm studying up like crazy on Kyle Allen because that's who I think will be out there. And with that in mind, it's it's the rare case where we can almost picture some key players for the Arizona Cardinals much better than we could even picture uh, the Kyle Allen from the Panthers' own roster. I mean, we know what Larry Fitzgerald is like at 36 years old, the fountain of youth wide receiver. We even have gotten an eyeful of the rookie quarterback, Kyler Murray. So I don't know how far into your homework on Kyle Allen you are, but just paint that picture for us because it certainly feels like Cam is going to get another week to see if his foot can heal. Uh, And the only action we really can remember of Kyle Allen at the pro level is uh, a game against the the New Orleans Saints uh, backups in a matchup that uh, really didn't matter that much to either team overall. No, it didn't matter that much at the time. Either team then, you're right. But, man, thank God for that game now. Right. You know, I mean, Kyle Allen, it was an end of the – it was still a regular season NFL game with NFL players and NFL referees, and it was at New Orleans, which is an incredibly tough place to play. And I thought in that game, Kyle did a great job. Um, Those are the opportunities, you know, at the end of the season, you know, let the young guys play a little bit. Maybe it doesn't make as much sense at the time, but that – proven you know to be a wise move by coach Rivera and his staff because now Kyle Allen's going into his second start of his career knowing at least what he did that week uh you know season ago um getting that road game out of the way so now he's played with crowd noise and and I can tell you it's a weird noise the crowd noise is weird in Phoenix at that stadium because or Glendale actually but in, in Arizona at that stadium it's really echoey, like a warehouse kind of sound, you know, whereas in New Orleans, that sound is thick and full and it's right on top of you, but it's, it's almost like an echoey sound. It's hard to explain, but hearing the quarterback as an offensive lineman, even in the huddle, it's very difficult in Arizona. So he'll have that to deal with, but he's got to be excited. I mean, the storylines have been said all week long. He's going back to his hometown and he played with Christian Kirk, you know, at, at A&M for a while. And he knows Kyler Murray when they were there together. So, so there's all kinds of cool storylines. And, and honestly, you know, let's see what this young kid can do because I personally believe Cam Newton has a lot of football in him you yeah. know, years still, but knowing that you can get some experience at that backup quarterback position, which has kind of been gone since Derek Anderson left, you know, knowing we could have a guy that could carry the load if need be, man, that's invaluable. Even if we don't see Cam this weekend, I want to want you to follow up on what you just said there about his longer-term future. We did some research on other dual-threat quarterbacks like Steve Young. You know, he had about 140 or so career regular season starts. Uh, a guy I grew up watching, Randall Cunningham, I'm from, I'm from Philly originally, 135 career starts. Michael Vick, 109 career starts. Cam has 124 at least regular season career starts, so he's starting to get into that Randall Cunningham, Steve Young neighborhood, and yet he's only 30 years old. So where do you stand on the sort of, okay, he's only 30, but he was hardly asked to run the ball through the first two weeks. 
some are skeptical as to whether he can be a true pocket passer, even at a later stage of his career. And given the hits he has taken, it's almost like he's a much older 30-year-old body than, you know, some guys with other styles of play. Yeah, you're right about the um, hits he's taken. And he's received a lot and delivered yeah. probably even more. You know, I was David Newton from ESPN called me this week. We we're reliving his Cam's first game in Arizona. And I just, I remember thinking, like, we've never had a offensive player. There's been mobile quarterbacks. Right. The list that you named are great, but nobody was trucking defenders like Cam has in the past, you know. So are those days going to be back? I don't I, – I doubt it. I doubt there comes another time when Cam Newton is running for 50-yard runs and outrunning secondary players and running over people on the goal line. But watch – you know, watch – the, the offenses are changing in the NFL. I mean, last week we watched, I watched the uh, Ravens play the Cardinals and it was two spread offenses and everybody was running read option, uh, run, uh, run pass options, RPOs and, and spreading the field out. And, you know, that might be perfect thing for Cam to transition into where he does use his legs still, but maybe he's not inflicting damage on the defense. And uh, a great friend of mine, Thomas Davis, tore his ACL three times in a row, yeah. you know, in the, in the early to mid part of his career. And I remember talking to TD after his third tear, and I told him I thought he should be done. Because I just said, man, it's just a lot on your body. And the dang guy's leading the league in tackles this year <laughs> right. right now. So the, the human body is an amazing thing to come back from. You know, Cam's had a heck of a slew of injuries, and it's going to be up to him to get to get healthy when and where that is, and then determine, you know, if he can transition his game as we all have to, as you get older. So, I mean, is he playing when he's Tom Brady's age? I doubt it. No right. one really does, but is he done being an NFL quarterback? Heck no. The guy's too talented. Last thing for Jordan Gross later this year, he officially goes into the Panthers hall of honor later this weekend. He'll be on the call in Arizona with Mick Mixon and Jim Zoki up in the booth. Caroline can, as he mentioned on the sidelines for the Panthers radio network, you've probably come across this bit of trivia, but it's just fascinating. The first quarterback to throw for 300 or more passing yards in his first two games at the NFL level was Cam Newton, your teammate back in 2011, and the only other ever to fit that description. First two games, 300 passing yards or more, is Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. So what, what do you point to in terms of keys about this particular opponent? Because they haven't won a game yet. They do have a tie. Murray's throwing it all over the place, but it looks like they're not running it well. They're having trouble in the red zone. You know, are the Panthers even a better team than the Cardinals in your eyes? Or who provides more dangerous things to consider for the opposition? Well, I don't know what the Panthers are with Kyle Allen at quarterback. You know, I don't really know what, what the Panthers are at all this year because they've had a heck of a tough game against the Rams, who are a very good team. And then they had Cam, who was banged up on Thursday night against the familiar foe, the Buccaneers. So I don't think there's any normal yet. I'd hope that Christian McCaffrey's normal is more the first game than what he got the second game. Right. Um, and, and the same thing goes to be said for uh, Kyler Murray. There's, there's, no, there's no, not enough film, you know. I, I remember every single year, the first couple preseason games, you would you'd watch, or the first couple regular season games, excuse me, you'd watch – you'd go back and you'd be watching some preseason tape because you want to watch like at least four games plus, right? That's just a sample size of four games is enough to start determining some of their habits 
you know, there's a there's a bigger portfolio for me watching defensive linemen of the pass rush moves they use and the blitz packages and things like that. But right now we're still at that early part of the regular season where there's only two games to go from plus the preseason, which Cliff Kingsbury said himself wasn't their real offense. So it, it's still so much up in the air. You know, I guess if, if Kyle Allen's starting for the Panthers, you'd maybe give the advantage to the Cardinals because at least that group started for two games so far. So it's, it's really a unique place to be and an interesting game to watch. I, I, on the other side for the Panthers, I really hope our defense can, you know, be who we've hoped they would be. And now with, with um, Bruce Irvin, you know, his still hamstring issue and K1 short having the shoulder, we're down a couple of starters or studs at the, up front, but there's still a lot of talent on that defense. So they're going to enjoy chasing around that little number one this week. And hopefully they can keep him um, from going off for three weeks in a row. Jordan Gross, prior to his stellar performance as a pro, he was a consensus All-American at Utah. And those Utes play actually in one of the bigger games of the college football weekend tonight at Southern Cal. Then Jordan, his other team, the Panthers, at Arizona on late Sunday afternoon. Thanks for the visit, Jordan. Uh, have fun with Mick and Zoke and Caroline. And thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Yeah, and I appreciate the Utah shout-out. Yeah, man. Especially from an East Coast radio station. Well done. That's it. I don't mess around, especially when we, we bring you into glory days. I got to pump you up somehow on the way out. I'm just playing. Right. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for having a good sense of humor. You're always a lot of fun. Jordan Gross, Panthers Hall of Honoree, if you will, officially later this year. 1-800-849-2761. All right, others, some want in. Oh, there's a lot of freedom being exercised here. It is the 25th anniversary of the iconic NBC sitcom Friends. That's Sunday. So as we look forward to NFL Week 3 and College Football Week 4 action, we do have other stuff going on, from Rick Pitino to Colin Kaepernick to Antonio Brown to my status as the moral compass of the sports world. That's an emailer's words, not mine. What were the five sports that appeared in Friends? That's what Kevin in Wilmington wants to know. I can only think of a couple. Stephen Apex wants to disagree with Jordan Gross on the future of that Cam Newton guy. Only 30 on the one hand, but taken and given a whole lot of hits. More than any quarterback ever by that age, and it's not even close. Steve will jump in on the NFL. You can be next. 1-800-849-2761. NBA owners, NBA owners have a big vote today on the tampering issue, among other things. USA Basketball has some NBA All-Stars committing early to play in the Olympics next year after the World Cup debacle of this summer. College basketball has its preseason ramp up next weekend. I'm actually writing my college hoops articles as we speak. That's how early some of the magazine deadlines are. The Hurricanes are back on the ice. NASCAR's playoff continues. The PGA Tour new season is actually underway. And college football and the NFL are front and center. Your questions, your comments, your complaints, your predictions, it's all fair game. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. It is a big weekend for App State, for UNC, for the NC State quarterback depth chart, for Florida State coach Willie Taggart, for the Charlotte 49ers at the Clemson Tigers, for Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, and yes, in all likelihood, Panthers backup Kyle Allen 
getting the nod over the injured Cam Newton. We'll tell you as soon as that becomes official, Ron Rivera is about to meet with the media in Charlotte. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can steer our ship next on the David Glenn Show. Dabo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Been? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley. You know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Let's come right back to your calls. You are steering the ship. We are halfway to Margaritaville. There are a whole lot of quarterbacks, college and pro, under scrutiny this weekend. The Ravens' Lamar Jackson is off to an amazing start. One of only a dozen or so quarterbacks in NFL history that have won eight of their first nine starts. Now, the 2-0 start this season with some huge numbers behind it was against lesser competition. The Ravens go to Kansas City this time, one of the best teams in the NFL. So it's 2-0 Baltimore at 2-0 Kansas City, one of your early afternoon games on Sunday. Panthers at the Cardinals, both of them win winless among your late afternoon games. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. Daniel Jones gets his first NFL start for the Giants. The former Duke star Mason Rudolph in for the injured Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. They visit 2-0 San Francisco. Teddy Bridgewater elevated for the injured Drew Breeze as the Saints visit the 2-0 Seattle Seahawks. A lot of quarterback scrutiny, including for your Panthers. Kyle Allen expected to get the nod for the ailing Cam Newton against the number one overall pick of this year, Kyler Murray, and that Arizona Cardinals team. 1-800-849-2761. Kevin is in Wilmington and wants to go off the board a little bit. I have more on Notre Dame at Georgia, Michigan at Wisconsin, and App State at UNC, among other college matchups. Louisville at Florida State is an all-ACC showdown between a first-year coach, Scott Satterfield, who's off to a good start, and a second-year coach, Willie Taggart, who is not at all off to a good start with the Seminoles as he is three games into year two and has a whole lot of people calling for his head. The other NFL matchups worth watching, New Orleans at Seattle, Ravens at Chiefs, and for our purposes, certainly Panthers at Cardinals. If you have an insomnia problem, I recommend either Miami at Dallas with the Dolphins tanking. I mean, if that doesn't put you to sleep. Putting aside fantasy owners and gamblers. I know you all will stay tuned in regardless of the details of the game and how it unfolds. If you don't fit one of those descriptions and you have an insomnia problem, I'm recommending Miami at Dallas or probably the Jets at New England, given still no Sam Darnold at quarterback for New York, and I've heard those Patriots are pretty good once again. 1-800-849-2761. Are the Ambien and other company drug drug companies nervous i mean have i found <laughs> have i found a much cheaper way to put yourself to sleep kevin in wilmington welcome to free for all friday go right ahead hey dave how about uh the ones with sports on uh friends all right which i i can remember two and sounds like you are an expert in this category what sports were prominent in Friends episodes as that sitcom celebrates its 25th anniversary this weekend. Two off the bat are football and rugby because I believe Monica and Ross, sister and brother, the Geller family, had a football game as part of their family reunion. So that was in there somewhere. 
And then I think, was it Ross trying to impress his girlfriend by showing he could be tough in a rugby match? And, of course, Ross is not really wired to be tough. I mean, let's just face it. We all are what we are, for better and for worse. And Ross ain't going to survive on the rugby pitch, and I don't believe he did survive. Not sure what happened to that girlfriend. Did things go awry because of that attempt, horrible attempt at being a rugby player? I don't know. But those are two I think I get right, Kevin. What else do you have? You got those two right, and uh, my daughter's not even 25, but she's a, she's a big friend watcher, so I've, I've got to see a bunch of them lately. Well, right at the beginning, Ross, it didn't end well at a hockey match where he took a puck right in the old kisser. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, right at the beginning. And then Monica and Chandler uh, took on his boss and his wife in tennis. And uh, Monica, being Taipei, uh wanted to win, and they were killing them, but Chandler had to step in and knock a few in the stand. <laughs> well done. I love it. I, and I actually, and somebody sent me a list that it's even more than five sports have appeared prominently in Friends, but I like your five. It could very well be. And then uh, Monica also dated the guy that wanted to be the ultimate fighter. Right. And, uh, and wasn't that uh, the the swingers guy? Wasn't that John Favreau? Isn't that the swingers actor? Because I I've, confirmed John okay. Favreau was that yeah. really talented dude and hilarious, hilarious in swingers. But I, I I remember thinking he doesn't strike me as a UFC fighter. I mean, all due respect, he's in pretty decent shape for a guy his age, I guess. But like UFC dudes are carved, right? Like that actually wasn't his only role playing that type of person what was the it was a vince vaughn and uh jennifer aniston i think the christmas movie for four christmases he was uh the vince vaughn's brother in that one and he was like an ultimate fighter i don't know i'm, I'm not seeing him as a ufc champion for some reason <laughs> a little doughy by yeah, the time yeah. he was in swingers not that there's anything wrong with that but that is another great example. I don't know if you guess if you expand it to games and stuff, like if you would consider poker a sport, that was often mixed into friends. But I'm not sure how much further down that rabbit hole we're going to go today. Uh, Kevin, are you still with me? I am. Uh, t- tell me this. This is just a corny dad question for you. And I apologize to all those who are not parents or make those who make fun of parents taking a stroll down sentimental lane. But since you mentioned, I believe you said your daughter is 25. My daughter turned 17 yesterday, and I gave a little shout-out to her on her way home from school that just, uh, I think, warmed her heart, unless she's just schmoozing me for something that she needs from me soon. Uh, is it even better? dad of I mean you're watching friends with your 25 year old daughter like that has to be a fun chapter of life no uh, it really is she got the uh the lego friend set all right uh, that came out but uh she's not 25 yet oh I thought I thought you said 25 <laughs> well 25 years ago for friends aha uh-huh. wasn't even alive then got it got it but she's rekindled the the friends uh flames Excellent. Well done. I got to start watching Friends with my girl now that I'm getting all jealous of Kevin. Well executed, my man. Thank you for listening and calling. Susie wants in on the same topic. I promise I have a lot on Notre Dame at Georgia and the Panthers at the Cardinals and the Ravens at the Chiefs. Susie, steer our ship. Welcome. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Love you, David Glenn. Thank you. Uh, go Mountaineers, got to say that. It's a hard game. I love UNCT, but go Mountaineers. That would be the App State Mountaineers. 
You got yes. it. All right. There, there are others, but I figured that was the one you were looking for. Absolutely. And Zach Thomas is awesome, so I'm hopeful. He is a stud. <laughs> He's a player now. Um, did we mention ping pong as a sport on France? Oh, yeah. I remember that. So what have we got? We got football, bug, re What about uh, basketball? They went to see the Knicks all the time. They did. That's true. Did we get so that one yet? No, we're getting no, we're we approaching double digits yet. for sure here. We might be able to even six, and I'm gonna cross my fingers for the Panthers too. Well, I actually won a trip to two of the stadium, had lunch with Jordan Bruce, and he is an awesome guy. He is a prince of a man, isn't he? He is. He surely is. And I'm hopeful for that game too. Yeah, I think the Panthers have a shot. I mean, the Cardinals aren't anything to be afraid of. It's all about none of us has any idea what Kyle Allen is going to do, assuming that Cam can't play. And, and that's, I think, a safe assumption. Who knows, right? We've seen quarterback play all over the place. How many of you thought Lamar Jackson would be th- this good this quickly? I mean, I didn't. I saw him go from bad to great at Louisville. I've seen him go from bad to at least temporarily great in the NFL. Some of these things, there are only so many predictable dudes to go around. Like, we know what we're going to get from Tom Brady. When he's healthy, we know what we're going to get from Drew Brees. A lot of the other guys, man, it's a guessing game from week to week. Are are you sure what you're going to get if you're a Dolphins fan from your quarterbacks? Are you sure what you're going to get if you're a Buffalo Bills fan? You're celebrating being 2-0. Are you sure that that is sustainable? If you're a Niners fan, also 2-0. Jimmy Garoppolo went from horrifically bad in the preseason to leading a 2-0 start. Are you sure what you're going to get moving forward? There's only a handful of fan bases that really know what they're going to get. And you can actually apply that to college as well. NC State fans know they have a pretty good team overall. They need better quarterback play. Is that going to be Matthew McKay dialing up big numbers against an inferior Ball State team this weekend? Or is that going to be one of his backups, Bailey Hockman, getting time and maybe showing that he can be part of the solution? You know, is Zach Thomas is a proven commodity for App State, if you haven't seen him play. Dual threat quarterback. But Sam Howe has a chance to put up big numbers if App State doesn't tighten the screws defensively. So there's a lot of quarterback derbies going on. If you watch Notre Dame, Georgia, that's another one. Some people believe Ian Book is the kind of guy that can elevate the Irish's offense. And other than the two guys we mentioned yesterday, where, remember, some panicky Panthers fans called and asked, uh, hey, DG, if we have to give up on Cam entirely, like right now, and the season goes into the tank and we get a really high draft pick, can you remind me which quarterbacks will be draft eligible next year out of college football? And there's two most prominent answers, Tua Tungavaloa at Alabama and Justin Herbert at Oregon. And scouts disagree over you know, who's more uh, a better NFL prospect. But the next guy on that list is actually George's Jake Fromm. And he's not considered to have as high a ceiling as either Tua or Herbert. But who knows where he'll go next year as guys have to make a decision you know if they're not seniors who comes out and who doesn't but those are actually three of the names not just for Panthers fans if they're if they're truly in misery mode and they're anticipating you know two and 14 there are plenty of other franchises that aren't sure where they're going at the most important position on the field 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the David Glenn show Pat wants to talk baseball Steve wants to talk football you can be next with your question comment or complaint Billy and Smithfield has nominated me to be the moral compass of the sports world after I addressed some racism and sexism and related things in the sports world not too long ago. Not sure if he's being sarcastic or not, but emails 
are on deck. Phone calls are an even higher priority. You can be next and steer our ship at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are coming back to your calls. It is Follow Your Lead Day. Many guests Monday through Thursday. Only one, Jordan Gross, Hall of Honor man from the Carolina Panthers, on his way to help call the Cardinals versus the Panthers game on late Sunday afternoon. You can be next. Questions, comments, complaints, it's all fair game. We do have your emails on deck. We do have your phone calls right now. Phone calls are a priority. Interns Will and Jilly are taking your calls at 1-800-849-2761. It is the Friends, that's the TV show, the sitcom. It's their 25th anniversary this weekend. So you are hearing a little bit of that because the parameters are that wide on Free For All Friday. Mostly sports, including a lot of football, but a little bit of a lot of other things as well. 1-800-849-2761. Stephen Apex wants in as a passionate, die-hard, and occasionally troubled Carolina Panthers fan. You are next on Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Dave, I have I have 100% faith in one person on the Panther organization. You know who that is? David Tepper. The man with the brass things on his desk. Yes. I, I like him a lot, too. I respect him. But, okay. No disrespect to Napoleon and the general manager, the coach, and the quarterback. I see a glaring problem. We don't, we don't, we'll never know who this gross is right about one thing. We really don't know who this Panther team is because we deal with a, a quarterback that, even if he was healthy, he's inaccurate. So we don't really know what we got there. And then we got a bunch of good pieces around him. But, you know, it's, it's time to move on from 10 years old, 10, you know, 10 year quarterback, 30 years old, a surgery, which that's the, that, that ain't a glaring sign to let you know that it's, things only goes the other way, not upward. Let me ask you this. If you and I owned with David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers, would you let me talk you into the idea of just letting the 2019 season play out a little bit longer before we make a final decision on Cam Newton? Because you're right, we have to make a decision. It doesn't matter that he's already signed, you know, 20-plus more million for the 2020 season. We must make a decision at the end of this season. But my approach, whether I would, you know, in my attorney days, I would often advise my clients. I would say, I'm not telling you what to do because it's your company or your life or your family. But in your shoes, this is what I would do. And I would have to defer, assumedly, David Tepper's worth is roughly $13 billion. I'm not sure what Stephen Apex is bringing to the table, but I have a little bit less than that. So I'm going to defer to, to maybe both Stephen Apex and David Tepper when we have this conversation. But my two cents would include, let's see if Cam can come back from this foot problem. Let's not ask him to play until he's ready to truly be a dual threat again. And then let's make game plans reminding that Cam Newton – is a dual-threat quarterback and is never going to be a great pocket passer. So I know he's getting older, but we have him under contract this year and next. Let's truly see if he can be the dual-threat guy. Um, can I convince you to, to have that much patience? 
They, I don't, I don't, I don't I, no, I'm going to tell you why I disagree with that. This is the first time I'm going to disagree with it. That's all right. I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I disagree because the simple reason is we got to sooner or later start thinking of another quarterback, even if Cam does get help and play the rest of the Now year. that so we have got to get a good backup, a I, decent backup. I would like your point better if I believed that either Kyle Allen was a future starting quarterback from the Carolina for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, full-time. He's not. Unless he shocks me and the rest of the world, I don't think he is the successor to Cam Newton. Now, they believe someday Will Greer might be that. But what we saw in the preseason is that Will Greer is not ready to be that guy. So I would be more ready to turn the page if I thought Kyle Allen was a realistic candidate for that or if Will Greer was a little more advanced in his development. But neither of those things are true. And to me, that's one more reason to give to Cam more time. But again, only when he feels physically ready to try to take on that very difficult and very dangerous job description where, yes, you're putting your body at risk. Not unnecessarily. I still want him sliding. I still want him stepping out of bounds. I don't want any unnecessary collisions. But when you don't make Cam Newton a rushing threat, ask Christian McCaffrey, who you could see his frustration against the Buccaneers. Ask McCaffrey if he got more running room. Okay, you have the ball. You're looking downfield. Did ask Christian McCaffrey, you got to give him some truth serum because he's only going to give you the sort of player speak, coach speak type answer in the real world. Give him some truth serum in a parallel universe and say, do you see more holes in open space when the defense is worried about Cam Newton as a running threat? Or do you see more when they just pretend that Cam Newton has gotten to the point where he's a 30-year-old guy who's taken too many shots and he's going to be more of a pocket passer? McCaffrey, I promise you, will tell you they're game planning as if Cam's not a threat to run. And I'm seeing nothing but closed holes left and right the way the Buccaneers shut McCaffrey down after he had that great day against the L.A. Rams. 1-800-849-2761. We are coming right back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls. Pat wants to talk baseball. Somebody else, the NHL and the Carolina Hurricanes. Still others. Apps trip to UNC. Charlotte's trip to Death Valley, Michigan at Wisconsin, Notre Dame at Georgia, Ravens at Chiefs, Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes, undefeated Baltimore visiting undefeated Kansas City, 1-800-849-2761. Am I ready to be the moral compass of the sports world, Darren? I'm not sure, but that is on deck as well. You can be next with your question, comment, or complaint at 1-800-849-2761. What coach? has the most at stake, college or pro, in all of football this weekend. That answer with your calls next. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Notre Dame is at Georgia. It's being called the Bulldogs' biggest non-conference home game in generations, plural. We do have open lines for the first time in a long time, so you can steer our ship with a question, comment, or complaint. Billy in Smithfield wants to ask me a moral compass of the sports world question. Pat wants in on baseball, John on football, others on App State's trip to try to take out the Tar Heels. They've played only once head-to-head ever, and it was in 1940. Times have changed quite a bit. App State is 2-0. 
and the champions of the Sun Belt in recent years under the departed Scott Satterfield. Carolina's off to a good start, 2-1. and one. Heels are at home. Heels are, heels are the favorite, but the Mountaineers' offense especially is dangerous. 1-800-849-2761. You can steer us to any sport as long as it involves sports or this show or a combination of those things. We talked friends earlier on their 25th anniversary. That's how wide the palette is. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. While the coach with the most at stake is from the college ranks, and that is Willie Taggart of Florida State, it's one thing to miss a bowl last year for the first time at a school that had been to 36 in a row. Many of you have not been alive that long. Florida State made a bowl every year, literally, from a certain point when Bobby Bowden had the Seminoles rolling way back in like the early 80s, all the way through when Jimbo Fisher was hired away by Texas A&M. Bobby Bowden won two national titles. Jimbo Fisher won one while leading the Seminoles. And they had all sorts of other consistent success, ACC titles left and right, et cetera. When you step into that shoes and you're the guy that breaks the 36-in-a-row streak last year, and now you've started one and two, you know what can't happen? You can't have a guy show that I can whip my guys into the right form of a football team after being here for only one year at your place better than you can get your team playing by your second year. Scott Satterfield, remember, has exactly three games as the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals, and they've won two of the three, and they were picked to finish at or near the bottom of the ACC. And yet their one loss was actually a put-up-a-good-fight-against-Notre-Dame, remember, on that national TV spotlight game. They won their other two against inferior opponents. So Scott Satterfield's exactly where he's supposed to be record-wise, 2-1, and one, and played better than anyone would have guessed in his very first game with the Cardinals. There was a plan. There was effort. There was attention to detail. There was a scheme. And you bothered Notre Dame for a while, right? The Irish are number seven in the nation right now as they head to Georgia in the biggest matchup of the college football weekend. If Scott Satterfield could do all of those things by his third game with the Cardinals, why are you doing all of these things by your 15th game with the Seminoles? That's how it's going to be framed. And that's actually not unfair. It's a fair question. I tell fans all the time, some of your criticism is ridiculous and over the top and you're making false assumptions and you don't understand how this world works and you don't respect this guy's body of work. None of that applies. The Willie Taggart story is accurately framed that way. Why are your guys fading in the fourth quarter? Why are your teams blowing big leads? Your opponent seems to be making good second or halftime adjustments. This is a pattern that's followed Willie Taggart. Why were the players dehydrated? Why did your offense mismanage the clock late against UVA in a game you had a chance to win against a Cavalier squad that looks to be one of the better teams in the ACC? All of that reflects poorly on Willie Taggart. And if you're getting those questions midway through your second year and everybody says visiting coach Scott Satterfield, wow, he's done all we could have asked for and more putting Louisville back on the map after the true debacle. I mean, they they were they not only went 0-8 in the ACC last year, Louisville, under Bobby Petrino, I mean, they were losing by 40 and 50 points in some of their games. It was a, a disgrace, truly. If that Scott Satterfield in year one with the cellar dweller goes to Tallahassee, Willie Taggart in year two, and takes out the Seminoles, folks, it might not be the number one to topic on our statewide show Monday because what the Panthers do probably will be front and center, good or bad. 
But that'll be the story of college football on the negative side if the Seminoles can't win it. Elsewhere, it is the biggest non-conference home game in generations for the Georgia Bulldogs. The new capacity, 93,246. There's expanded temporary bleachers there at Sanford Stadium. That's an even higher number than what they usually have week to week. They brought some extras in because it was number seven and undefeated Notre Dame at undefeated and number three Georgia. That's tomorrow night CBS national game at about 8 o'clock. Neither has played anybody of significance yet. So it's not like we know everything we need to know about the Bulldogs and the Fighting Irish. They're projected to be high. They both have very successful head coaches. Kirby Smart had the Bulldogs on the cusp of a title. They lost the title game, but they were there. That was after a whole lot of guys had a chance since the Herschel Walker era long ago and couldn't get the Bulldogs that far. Mark Richt was incredibly consistent for 15 years, but couldn't get the Bulldogs to the cusp of that kind of title. Kirby Smart's already done that, and he's had top 10 teams the last two years, and he looks like he has another one this year. Brian Kelly, remember, this is his 10th year with the Irish. He played for the national title in 2012. Now, they got whacked, but those who belittle the Irish often represent schools and fan bases where you've never even sniffed a college football playoff or a title game. So the Irish, I understand why they sometimes take heat for their, you know, whatever, record in big balls, record against the SEC head-to-head. Some of those are accurate. The numbers, if you do your homework, are going to be accurate. But let's remember that in nine years – Brian Kelly took them to the college football playoff semis just last year and seven years ago had them playing for the national championship. So I don't know what's up with the Notre Dame hate. Yeah, I've seen them face plant against better competition, but he's got those two things on his resume in a nine-year run with the Irish, and that program has, what, one national title in the last half century. So hats off to Lou Holtz for getting that done back in the late 1980s. Brian Kelly has taken Notre Dame to better places than anybody not named Lou Holtz in roughly the last half century or so. John and Clayton, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to Free For All Friday. Hey, DG. How are you, my man? Doing great, man. You got the NFL on your mind. Be real quick if you can. Yeah, I will. I just want to say, man, it's getting so bad to watch the NFL. I'd rather sit in a chair and crochet. These refs are ruining the game. Two Two times in a row, the Saints got ripped. And I'm not even a Saints fan, D.G. True. Help me out, brother. Help Uh, me out. I wish I had a solution for you. Do you know who agrees with you, John and Clayton? I don't know how many things you have in common with Tom Brady. In fact, John and Clayton might be married to a Brazilian supermodel and in fact I hope he is Tom Brady turned off Thursday night football because he couldn't take the ridiculous penalties Tom Brady Patriots QB just a spectator just like you and I catching a little of Jaguars against the Titans he had to turn it off he's got to deal with those refs John and Clayton can hang up and doesn't have to deal with these guys Brady's got to go out there he's protected by these guys we're back after this Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show.